This is the King's Court on Arena Sportsnet, presented by American Grappler. I got more swagger than Mick Jagger, more sex appeal than Vince Neil. All guests from all walks of life share their time with the King of Connecticut. They are dreaming of just one night, just one night with your mind such as myself. Any and everything goes. I am the king of Connecticut. I was raised with class and sophistication. And now, from Norwalk, Connecticut, weighing in at 230 pounds, if George Clooney had muscles, they'd call him the king of Connecticut. The one, the only, Max Granite. It is the pernicious purveyor of preposterous pomposity, manipulating the minuscule of the masses of miscreants. I am your host, the suntan Superman, the king of Connecticut, Matt Granahan, and I don't really feel too much like Superman today. I'm a little under the weather, as you might be able to tell from my voice. But I'm on some meds, and I'm getting over this freaking head cold and cough and um, high fever. And well, I'm those are filled medicine. Send some over here. Right. I'm going to send, uh, send, some, send some down to the New York Badass. I got a lot of extra medicine. We got the New York Badass joining us on the line, Phil Baroni, and we got, of course, the one and only Brian Snow. Are you there, Brian? I'm right here, sir. And, Phil, let me ask you, did you see how I got sold like a piece of meat, like a cattle, like livestock this weekend? I was sold off. I was sold off at auction. Dude, I don't believe it. Girls, girls are fighting over you like crazy. I couldn't believe it, man. You outbid me. It was crazy. I believe yeah. it. Dude, the, way, the way these ladies are fighting over this guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, I, I don't know what the rumors were going around about you, but. They wanted some. They did. They did. They heard about the power of the scepter, and we raised a lot of money for for hidden wounds. Man, it was it was a good time. Brian, have you ever been sold at auction? You've been asked to be sold off at one of these man auctions. You got to have one out there in Chicago and, and Indiana. They got plenty in Chicago and Indiana, and fortunately, I've been able to avoid them. <laughs> well, man, it was a good time, man. Eating Alexandra, social lounge, social uh, nightclub for a good cause. And I'm telling you, man, the women, they wanted a piece of the suntan Superman. And I'll tell you what, man, I feel like sick flair tonight. But <laughs> a lot of people like to call me Rick Flair. Woo! And, yeah, that's a good one. Man, I caught the 30 for 30 last night, ESPN. It was good. Brian, did you see it? I sure did, man. Wow. A lot of history in that and a lot of things that we didn't know about the Nature Boy that he was that, that he was going through. A lot of them because the Nature Boy's been a, a drinking buddy of mine here in Lake Murray when he used to have his boat here and on Lake Lanier. And, man, while a lot of people always like to call me Ric Flair and then 
say, you know, the, the party and the style and the profile. And um, I, I don't think that I am Ric Flair because I can't, I cannot keep up with a with a man, a young man younger than me um, from uh, the, the great state of New York, the New York badass Phil Baroni. To me, woo! The New York badass Phil Baroni is Ric Flair. And Phil, it goes back to you in UFC and in Pride, bringing that style and woo profile with those robes, man. Phil, talk to us about the robes, brother. Tell me how you incorporated the robes. Of course, you grew up in pro wrestling with Captain Walt Bano. Yeah, I grew up, I grew up in a pro wrestling family with Captain Lou. And, uh, you know, I've always been around wrestling, always the greatest wrestlers, had the greatest robes. Ric Flair, Macho Man Randy Savage, which is a part of the tradition I carried on. I brought it into the, I brought it into the uh, MMA, the UFC. I, I brought the style and profile of the, the Flair into the, into the UFC. And, uh, you know, I, I did student college wrestling, and I had robes on wrestling in college. That's awesome. You had the style and you had the profile. And I also say that you're Ric Flair because, brother, I'm telling you, you know, you can close the bars and you should see the line of ladies. You know, Brian's never been out partying, drinking with us, Phil, but I'm telling you, you think you think the Suntan Superman's got the women chasing him around. Woo! The New York badass. <laughs> He's, he is the modern day. Woo! Nature boy. Nature boy. Man, I'm t- I'll tell you that 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 thirty for thirty thing, man, that really got me fired up because I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you Ben back ten years ago, two thousand seven when I when I first moved to South Carolina for the first time, I lived here lived here to two different occasions. I, um, and when I first bought to South Carolina, moved down here, I was engaged to this young Igora um, Smith that came down with me from from Virginia, and we weren't getting along too well. And she was trying to, she was trying to put the reins on the stack. So I went to this um, lake bar over here called um, Rusty Anchor, and and the Nature Boy used to have his boat launched there. And he was on, I don't know, maybe his fifth or sixth marriage at that time, and and he he had no time for the wife either. And my one of my buddies used to bounce over there, and I used to go over there um, and get away from. Um, the fiance and sit there at the bar with the nature boy. And he told me some great stories and, um, the women, he lived the gimmick. And that's why I say that Phil Baroni is Ric Flair because just like the nature, just like the nature boy is not a gimmick. The New York badass is not a gimmick. I'm a New York badass. I'm living the gimmick. I'm living the gimmick. I'm the real deal gimmick. I'm fighting for real. I'm flying Japan. And bringing home all the Japanese girls for real. You know what I mean? It's not making believe. I'm really doing it. Exactly. That's why I say you're Ric Flair because, you know, unlike some of the guys, maybe they got a persona and they don't I'm not really. Like, talk. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not like these nerdy geeks want to be pro wrestlers today, Hit, playing with Xbox, shit like that. I'm a real deal pro wrestler. I party hard. I train hard. Party, I get the ladies hard. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, it, it, you know, I'm a real deal pro wrestler. I'm a throwback. That's right. And let's, let's talk about that, Phil, because when we've been on, on the road together, 
kind of goof on some of these some of these pro wrestlers today because we're out there closing the bars and they're running back to their hotel room like some of those pussies from the Monster Factory. Yeah, they're going to watch. Uh, they want to watch themselves on their phone. Ugh, look at me hit this move. Look at me hit that. Oh God, there's no workers <laughs> today. They're just a bunch of spot. They're just a bunch of spot monkeys. I mean, seriously, there's no workers. Yeah, they are. Today. You're right. You're right, man. We're the we're the last of the Mohegans, brother. And we you look at these some of these pussies, like you say, they got to go back to the room and watch their match. When instead of being out at the bar, shower and profile. Yeah, go go back to the go go back to the bar, muscles, marinara. Go go back to the room, go watch your match on your phone, you little geek. Leave punk girls for me. That's right. It's more more for us for sure, and I'm telling you, man. Brian Snow, what do you think about that? We talked about how the pro wrestling is today. Oh, yeah. I can't even watch it. I mean, I tried to watch this Impact pay per view um, last weekend that that um, that Stephen Bonner was on, and, and and all these all these current shows. I just I can't watch it, man. It's just not it's not the pro wrestling to me. We bring it. Phil brought it last weekend against Vinny Massaro in Stockton, California. I'm gonna bring it in a few weeks when I go over there, and. Um, the land of the unwashed and the toothless in Kentucky, and I stretched that punk Adam Newsom like a rubber band once again. You know something? Yeah, that's just high roll. You know what I mean? It's just high roll. You know, just like my fighting career. I, I sack up, I sack up, I get on I get on the road, I go into hostile territories. Before, it was Japan and the Pride Fighting Organization. This time, it was... It was Stockton, California, home of Nick and Nate years against Vinny Massaro. I mean, that's just that's just another new game, another and another new face. But but the mission is still the same. That's to kick ass and destroy. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, you get off the plane, and those dumbasses they couldn't find your bag. They lost your robe. What the hell happened, man? I heard heard about you going out there knocking heads. Yeah, I got I got a little trouble at the. Uh, the baggage claim and I got arrested and I got locked up. But they got me out in time for the match and uh, I'm hopefully uh, we'll see what happens. Fuck it. That's right, bro. I can't tell you how many bars. Oh, so, I can't you, tell you how many so, bars you've, you've gotten me kicked out of, Phil Baroni. No, fuck that lady. Fuck Southwest, man. I can't fucking take Southwest. I would never take Southwest ever again. God damn it. Don't get me started about this, man. <laughs> no, I hear you, bro. I hear you, brother. I hear you, but I remember one afternoon. One afternoon, I think, one afternoon when we had a we had a wrestling clinic in the early evening, and you and you got and you got us kicked out of uh, out of Twin Peaks and Hooters in the same afternoon. Remember that when I was lying on the floor with the waitress going. <laughs> 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 yeah, come on. I grabbed the bartender. I, I, I pulled her on the floor, and I went. <laughs> I was trying to teach her how to, how to sell, man. I was trying to teach her how to get some emotion in her holes. Trying to teach her some holes. What the fuck? <laughs> man, I'm telling you, I feel better just by having the New York badass on this here, uh, Brian. I just feel like shit all day, but I'm, I'm feeling better now, man. I'm glad. I'm really glad. Uh, just hearing these stories, and you brought up a good question to me about today's wrestling. I can't watch. I can honestly tell you, I have not been able 
to watch a wrestling match, I want to say since 2002. I just haven't been able to hack it. Except for my matches and Phil's matches. Except, except you guys. Except you guys. You guys are old school. You, you, you guys bring it, and I love it. I love watching you guys wrestle, but all this other stuff that's out now, shh, can't do it. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's you're right. I mean, it's, and you got to see these kids. You got to see these kids, man. I mean, Brian, you should have. If you should go on the road with us, they're just such a, a bunch of little pussies these days. They're not. They're not in the spirit of the great Captain Lou Albano, the, the Phil Brony's great uncle, the Wild Samoans. You know, the Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Yo, dude, are you married? Um, She's yeah. he's asking you, Brian. Are you married? <laughs> I'm going to be next summer. Yeah, well, then if you want to go on a road, just go before next summer. <laughs> we got to get Brian on the road too. You know what, Brian? You should come to Stockton because because Phil got screwed in his match. It was two on one with um, Vinny Massaro, the pride of Palermo, and they oh, had uh, David on. Mitchell. Oh come on! Oh goodness. Yeah, they had a crooked referee, man. This guy, this guy, uh, this guy was more crooked than Danny Davis from back in the day. Dangerous Danny Davis. Oh, good lord. <laughs> yeah, so okay. we're gonna do a we're gonna do a tag match now. Me and Phil are gonna go back there to Stockton and smash Massaro and Mitchell. Put the boots to him. Oh, I gotta see this. You should, well, Phil, tell us what you thought about the lovely Stockton. The fucking dump. <laughs> dump. I know we. I know why Nick and Nick is higher all the time. You got to be high here in that place. The one that stinks. Stinks. As soon as you get up the plane, that just hits you in the face. It's like, it, it, it's like being in India. Oh, my Jeez. goodness. It's. Smells like some women we know, Phil. That's man, that's that's horrendous. You know, I saw that guy, that that bouncer that they interviewed, man, that you you had, you had roughed up um, with his head on his hat on crook, and he kind of typified what I think about the Stockton man. They got that like that faraway look in their eyes. They don't know what the hell's going on. A bunch of bunch of meth heads over there. Without a doubt, a lot of that going on there. those streets. Yeah, we'll let you know. We're gonna we're gonna have that definitely have that um, that tag match coming up. And man, you know Vinny Massaro, who you wrestled, he's uh, a big star there in Lucha Underground. And I think you need to get to Lucha Underground, and you need to go and smash him down there and get your revenge. Yeah, I don't know anything about Lucha Lucha Underground, but Vinny Massaro, you know, we got, we got unfinished we got some very unfinished business man. Unfinished. And, and Phil, I know that whenever there's unfinished business, that you've made sure that it gets finished. You make sure you close the book. And Vinny Massaro, the New York badass, is going to close the book on you. And Phil, we got to have you on uh, a new show. I have an announcement to make that I made earlier this week. Uh, of course, I'm working with George Shearer's new promotion, 864 Fighting Championships here in South Carolina. And through and Revolution MMA, they have a new promotion 
starting December 16th that I'm going to be broadcasting for. And these guys are serious, man. I'm going to be hosting a show on Fox Carolina starting in January. It's going to be aired on television in 27 different counties throughout North and South Carolina. So basically throughout most of North and South Carolina. And it's going to be featuring a lot of the fighters and upcoming shows for eight, six, four fighting championships. So we got to have the New York badass Phil Baroni come in on this show as well. All right, let's do it. And, and Brian, I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking about King's courts on my new show on Fox Carolina as well. Sweet. Make sure I get the word out there about the King's court. The more words, the better, my friend, the more, the better. Yeah. Well, I'm already feeling better having the New York badass and the snowman on the line. But I'm going to shut my mouth, mute my phone, and I want Brian Snow uh, to uh, to ask the New York Badass some questions and take us out on this segment. You know what, Phil? It's always a pleasure having you on and hearing your adventures. But my only question to you, my friend, is how much revenge do you want for getting screwed at your last match in Stockton, California? I'm curious, Paul. I'm curious, man. I believe it. I can't. I can't stop. Thinking, can't. I can't stop thinking about it. It was my. It was my first loss in professional wrestling, and, and I'm just really. I read over it. You know, I got robbed. Yeah, we got it. David Mitchell, that referee, is a rat. You know, he's he, he's crooked. He's crooked. And I, I don't want. I really don't want to talk about this, man. No, oh, man. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, I get my revenge. Well, I'm going to close out. With, we're going to close this segment with something good because we had talked about the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Now, everyone who is familiar with the Nature Boy knows the theme song that he came into, and it's from a movie called 2001: A Space Odyssey. And if y'all are familiar with that theme, that's how we're going to close this out because we got to pay some homage. Yeah. To the Nature Boy. Let's. That's how we'll close yeah, let's this do one that, out. Brian. Let's do that, Brian, and then we'll and then we'll go uh, right into Colin Crandall. And we'll be back Greg, after. Right here, are you crazy? What is this guy doing? What do you have this guy? Is he going to come out? I don't know that song. I have no idea what you're talking about. God damn it, Granahan! Never have to put my name again. Woo! <laughs>
This is American Psycho Stephen Bonner, and you all know the suntan Superman loves the big juicy boobies, the bodacious beavers, and the beautiful brown stars. What you may not know is His Majesty's favorite place to party in Vegas is the Legends Room. Home to the hottest babes in Sin City, come on to the Legends Room and meet me, and who knows, you may even run into the King of Connecticut. Boom! We are back, the pernicious purveyor, preposterous pomposity, manipulating the minuscule minds of the masses of miscreants. And what in the hell was that, Brian Snow? I have no clue. I absolutely man, have I'm telling you, no. I'm clue. telling you, I, I I'm worried about going out to Stockton with the badass now, man. I mean, I mean, God, he goes to Stockton this weekend. He get, he roughs up the security guard at the airport with a rope. Roughs up the bouncer. It skips put in jail. I put him over like Rover, <laughs> calling him Woo! Yeah, the modern day nature boy. Yeah, and then he turns on me like that. That's just oh boy. Man, I'm telling you. I mean, Brian Smith. You do you remember Brian Pillman? Mm-hmm. You remember the wildness and craziness of, of Brian Pillman? Yes. And, and the yes. meltdown that Brian Pillman had? Oh, ooh, I'm telling you, that was nothing compared to what you're seeing going on here with the New York badass lately. I'm telling you, brother. I, I'm telling you, this tag partner, one of his best friends. You I'm need worried to. about David Mitchell and Vinny Massaro when we get to Stockton. I'm even worried about myself, brother. You should. You should. I mean, I didn't see this one coming at all. Uh, and it, neither did I. I mean, we're putting them over. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're telling we're telling crazy stories. We're telling crazy stories about about shagging the ladies, getting kicked out of bars. We're having a good old time. And then, as soon as you mentioned that you were going to play that song, he snapped. I'm Man, just, I'm just I don't shocked. Know, Brian. I'm I don't just know, shocked. Brian. Oh, man, only time will only time will tell. You know, this is, this is, man, I don't know what to say, Brian. I mean, I've, I've been warning people. I mean, of course, I warned American Psycho Stefan Bonner when he first told me he wanted to tag with Phil. I warned him that with, with everything going on with Phil, with Phil's personal life, that he was, that he was starting to snap. And mm-hmm. man, I think he's just gone off the rails, brother. <laughs> I think he's gone far off the rails. That's a scary thing. Oh. Man, and yeah, so uh, we're going we're going to switch gears a little bit here and we're going to welcome uh, a guest down here for a segment that I've had the pleasure of being on his program, the MMA Power Hour. I'm talking about Crandall. Welcome to King's Court, Colin. Happy to be here with you, Matthew, my friend. Very, very happy and excited to be on the King's Court. Awesome. Well, you know, I mentioned that I'd been um, under the weather this week a bit. Yeah. And uh, as a result of that, I'm going to have Brian Snow kind of direct the majority of this interview. But I just want to 
say a few things, Colin. And being a fan of your show, got a great program. I had a great time. Colin does his show through the Skype, so you can only see the guests. And you just had American Psycho Stefan Bonner on um, last week. And you had that wild and crazy guy, the Disco Inferno, over there in the background, rocking and rolling and strutting and strolling. Oh, boy. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, we know guy, disco. Was a fun we know yep. disco, and disco's—he's—he's uh, he's an entertaining guy, and and uh, he likes to drop the jabs, the verbal jabs on folks. Uh, oh yeah, they had a lot to say about uh, Bobby Lass and King Mo. Yeah, for sure. And man, I gotta ask you: Did you see the match this weekend uh, on the pay per view, The Impact? I really wanted to see it, and I got so caught up with the. Uh, Getting together people with people for that big UFC 217 that it just slipped my mind and I remembered it the next uh, the next uh, the next day I just, it was, and I know it was the day after the UFC but I really it just the next day was a blur. Uh, for I me. hear you. No, I hear you, man. And I, I, I got to tell you, you didn't miss much because what happened? How did it go down? Um, you know, it could have been a much better match, and then like say that it was it was they were just outnumbered by the American top team. It's it didn't make yeah. a whole lot of sense what went down, and and mm. we were just we were just talking to the New York badass about it, and um, the original plan when Jeff Jarrett was there was me and Phil should have been out there. We should have been storming the cage, and mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. didn't happen. So you didn't you did not miss much on that one, Colin mm. Crandall. But I want to bring in the golden voice of Chicago himself. No, because you have not been formally introduced yet to uh, oh. to Brian, my co-host and producer. Brian, say hi to Colin. Colin, good evening, my friend. It's good to have you. You too, Brian. Nice to talk to you, and I'm ready to watch the snow fall or rise as it may. <laughs> tell us how you got. <laughs> tell us. Tell us how you got your show started, my friend. Well, I had been a, a long, long, long time fan, not to make myself out to be out as old as a fossil, although I think I'm nearly as old as a fossil. But I was a, when, 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 I, when I was very young, a friend of mine's dad had a copy of the press kit for UFC 1 before the first event. Nice. And so I was aware of it. I, I had already been uh, aware for probably two years before that, having watched the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in action. Uh, VHS tape. So I was one of the few people uh, in the know that that was able to foresee what was coming uh, in the first UFC and, and the several early ones. And so for many years, even back then, when there was public access TV, my friends were saying, "Man, you could do this before Joe Rogan." So they were saying, "Man, you, you're better than these guys that are out there." Although I think there, there were great guys out there in the early UFC commentary days, but people always told me I always had something else going. I always had something else going, whether it was a business. Or, or just being into something, working out, training my uh, my martial arts, various different uh, arts, or, or this girlfriend or that girlfriend or something. It was always something that stopped me from jumping in. And as years went by, I kind of felt like I had kind of missed that boat, even though there were still some people that would say, "Man, you're like a you're like another Joe Rogan. You know, you could you could do what he does this and that, but who knows? You know, Joe is 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 great at what he does, as is Jimmy Smith. Absolutely. Over at uh, Bellator, right, and then Pat Militich, Ron Cluck, and Stephen Quadros, all those guys are inspirations to me. But finally, a friend of mine, kind of a newer friend who was a bit younger and who was really uh, 
involved in, in live streaming stuff said, man, I'd like to have you do a, uh, a show for me and I'm not going to charge you any studio space or re- rental time or camera, you know, and, and we'll see what we can do together on this. And I said, you know what? I think the time is right. And, uh, and that was about 30 shows ago. I think we've done about 30 shows that have been between two and four hours long. So we, we've got about 70 hours or so of uh, footage in the can and it, it's a passion of mine, even on a bad day or a bad week. Oh, let's my uh, let's me take my mind to somewhere else where I can forget all my woes or troubles, however large or small they may be. The MMA Power Hour is the name of the uh, program, folks. Uh, one of the top-rated podcasts for MMA information and entertainment. And you mentioned something that's so true about the time being right. There is there is a time for people to like really jump in and, and, and pursue their dream. I've been at this 22 years, you know, building my brand and launching the Kings court three seasons ago, three short seasons ago. And, you know, mm-hmm. just tell the fans about how important it is, especially in today's age with all the negativity surrounding just about everything, how important it is for you to not only keep a positive identity, but never to be afraid to pursue your dreams. Absolutely, very important. And first, I'd like to say that I've I've been a fan of King's Court for a good while. You guys have a fantastic show. Um, you know, you uh, I know uh, do a fantastic job. And, and then Matthew Granahan, you know, out there, what can I say? He he is the king of Connecticut and one of the most uh, diverse and entertaining uh, uh, fighters, coaches, trainers, performers, authors. So you two guys are, are a dynamic team. Wanted to put that out there. Thank you. We really appreciate that. That is so appreciated. And you have an awesome show as well. The first show of yours that I had heard was with was with Pat Militich, which was excellent. And I just want to jump in real quick because you talked about the early days of the UFC and one of my favorite guests that we've had on the Kings Court. And he may, he may even go down as my favorite was Art Davy the creator oh, yeah. and founder of the UFC. Such oh, yeah. an awesome guest. Did you have the chance to have yeah. Art Davy on? I haven't. It's funny you'd mention that. I've actually been in touch with Art since my show began. He was one of my one of my early choices as a guest. And he, I caught him just as he was starting the novel he was writing. And he was very respectful and responsive, was a straight shooter with me, and said, you know what, uh, you know, I mean, here I was, a completely new show, I think I had had one guest, Pat Militich and, and Fabiano, uh, actually a couple, my teacher Fabiano, Iha, uh, and Pat Militich, and still, even without uh, a list of people like I have now, Art said, yeah, that sounds great, but you got to let me deal with this project I'm dealing with now. And so I, I stayed in touch with him. I actually hit him up about a month and a half ago, and he was still very receptive and friendly and respectful, and he said, I'm just finishing this up. And, and, and let's talk maybe as it gets closer to the holiday season, and which we kind of are right now. So if you, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm certainly happy to hit him up myself, but if you guys wanted to, to mention that you know me, I really would love to have Art on and, and yeah. be happy to, to Absolutely. You know, work on his schedule. But, yeah, you know, love to have Art. You know what would probably work great would be a group text or even a group Facebook mm-hmm. message, and I'll just let him know that you were on the show. And because – He's living history, and I'm telling you, mm-hmm. he was he was such an awesome guest. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that everyone talks. And it's funny because all the modern fans they all know Dana White, of course, mm-hmm. right, right. Um, 
but people really need to get to know Art Davey. Yeah, he was the predecessor. He was the original. He, like you say, the original Dana White before Dana White was Dana White, except without the people hating him. <laughs> you know, he was a decent guy yeah. who uh, who was excited and passionate about doing something new and, and was willing to go out there and try something that had not been tried. People got to know that Dana White came in with the Fertitta brothers and jumped into something that maybe had had its troubles but was still proven and high profile. And it's a lot harder to come out there with something that had not even been seen, like uh, Art Davy did in the early days with uh, with Horry and Gracie, and then moving on to partner with uh, with Bob Meyerowitz. And so, yeah, Art is uh, is is got to be a a wealth of knowledge and and, and uh, know amazing stories about the uh, the beginnings of uh, of the sport that we love, MMA fighting, then known as NHB or No Holds Barred. And going back to that, our first guest on the court um, goes back to that era as well. Now, his his appearances in the court have been um, pretty unique because he's one of my good buds, and I wanted to show people a different side of him because we do stand-up comedy together. But mm-hmm. um, Dan the Beast Severn was our very first guest, and it's just an hour of comedy because um, he does so many serious interviews. I wanted to show people how funny he is because he's hilarious. Um, have yes. you had the beast on at all? I have. It's actually been about four months. He was one of the earlier guests. He's from the state of Michigan like me. Yeah. We're both a couple of Michigan boys. And uh, really enjoyed a good interview with him, uh, I think, on our uh, on our sixth show or something. We've done about 30. And so I, I'm actually trying to coordinate with him to be on, and, and, and I believe he does want to do it, but we've been playing some phone tag. And so yeah. I'm going to, I was actually just thinking, you know, in the next couple of shows, love to get Dan Severn on. And uh, I'm going to reach out to him again. And uh, even if I have to be making more calls to him uh, because of his busy schedule, I'm happy to do it. But, yeah, Dan is great. He's got a great sense of humor. And it's just a, he's a really great guy. I mean, a pioneer, a legend of uh, MMA fighting. A lot of people don't know that I think he's, I think he, I don't even know if he's officially retired. I think he's fought, I think he he's still active and, and probably medically cleared to fight MMA. And I think he, his career went uh, 20, uh, 20 years or more, which is absolutely amazing. And the guy is just, uh, the beast really describes him and in, in how tough and strong and rugged he is. Uh, but but what a nice, nice man. Uh, just a friendly, respectful uh, guy with a with a positive word for everyone. And I, I really look up to, uh, to Dan uh, Severn. He's a legend and, and UFC Hall of Famer for a reason, and uh, deservedly so. I'll tell a couple quick funny stories about Dan. Uh, yeah. One story is he always stays here at the house whenever he comes in um, just to the Carolinas. He's going to be coming here again mm-hmm. um, in a couple weeks because we, he's got some clinics in Winston, and I got one for him here in Newberry. And mm-hmm. we go and do we go and do the, the wrestling clinics that pe- people don't understand. They're coaching clinics. You know, they're basically like a practice, but you're you're learning a lot of a lot of techniques. And Dan, like like my my good buddy Kamal Shalrus that I do clinics with, is big on intense warm ups. And oh yes, that was what I grew up who came up with as a, as a wrestler. And and Dan's warm ups are so intense that a lot of guys. And here you've got a guy that now is is right around sixty years old. And yeah, doing these warm-ups, and, and you've got these kids 
that are in their prime that are having a hard time getting through the warm-ups. Just the warm-up itself. Yep, I believe it. And, you yeah. know, I always call Dan the road warrior. And nice. I, the reason I call him the road warrior, I'll tell two funny quick stories. So sure. uh, one story was um, we were at a, um, we were doing a, our stand-up act. We do a feat. This thing is called Feast with the Beast. It's like a stand-up comedy act. And I can, I can send you some of the videos of ones we've done in the past, you know, for sports bars. We did Flying mm-hmm. Saucer and Carol Wings and Ale House and places like that. And it's Love a fun, entertaining evening for people because it's comedy, but it's comedy that's kind of based off of his career. And like we go back and forth. But um, this was about a year and a half ago. We had one in Lexington, South Carolina. And we were there at the bar afterwards, and it's close to one in the morning. And he comes, he, he goes, hey, let's come outside because we were kind of splitting up what our pay was from the trip because we had done a couple clinics and then we'd done that stand-up back. So we squ- we squared up and then I said, yeah, so let's go back to the house. And he goes, nah, he's not, you know, I'm going to hit the road. Now it's one in the morning and we've been going all day. Oh, man. And, and I said, hit the road. He goes, yeah, I'm going to drive back to Michigan. He goes, just call oh, me when wow. you get up. <laughs> said, oh, you know, call me when you get up. So amazing. I, so I called him and I, I was up, you know, I was up to work the next day. I was up at, you know, fairly early and I called him and he's like, yeah, I'm uh, just on the edges of Ohio or something, you know? And I and right. just say, that's why I say that the beast is a road warrior. My God. Oh yeah. Um, God, one other yeah. time. And, and there's a funny video people can watch on YouTube. It's uh cauliflower Brown's no easy way out. Cauliflower Brown from, from um, ring of honor pro wrestling. And, uh, he, well, he was, a um, he's a fighter as well. And he was do, doing, he always used to attend our clinics. So Chase Brown and give him another shout out, cauliflower Brown. He was wrestling me up in, um, Connecticut in my hometown for my return match. And Dan was actually came all the way from Michigan to be on that show. So, um, he, he does this vignette for the match and everything he does is with a guitar and he does it in a jujitsu gym that he trains out with Michael, with coach Michael Allen called Checkmat in uh, right. Charlotte. So he's there and he's, and he's got, he, he's got the guitar, but this is, this is the story. This is the funny part. He tells, and people can go, go and check this out. He tells a story in that um, vignette about how he was supposed to be the collie beast. He was supposed to be Dan's disciple. And he's strumming on the guitar and he's telling the story. And then he says, and then you, Matt Granahan, you got us kicked out of the flying saucer. And it's actually a true story. And and he doesn't tell the real reason why was because there's another gentleman who was there to do a, um, a whole video um, interview with Dan. The guy had come all the way to our clinic. He'd come to the the feast with the beast afterwards at the saucer. And the, um, the manager on duty that night wouldn't turn the music down. And, Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was supposed to turn the music down. This is, and this was after last call. They they had it all the, the lighting set up in this area. Do thing. So I went in and I went in and told the guy off, and um, he he got us kicked us out. So, you know, so oh. so that was a true story. But we're kicked out of the we're kicked out of the bar. We bring the whole thing back to my house with this guy. Now now it's like two in the morning. Bring the whole thing back to my house. He films the thing at my house, and then when the thing's over close to four in the morning said um i'm exhausted i'm going to sleep because yeah you know matt um i'm gonna make a pot of coffee 
and I'm going to hit the road. Four o'clock oh. in the morning. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me. And he hits the road and drives all the way back to Michigan. I mean, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's why I say Dan Severn is the road warrior. <laughs> he really is. And, and even at his age, man, you got guys that are, that are past his age that would be too tired and not willing to drive even a half hour. And, no, Dan is just he, – he's got that intensity and determination and, you know, road warrior and whatever it takes. It, it, that doesn't surprise me. It strikes me as, as you know, as part of what Dan's motto is, is i got to take care of business, i got to take care of my schedules, keep all my commitments, and I don't have time to, to waste, even if it means me driving on a – Staying up for 24 hours, and he would drive safely too. I'm sure he wouldn't drive if he couldn't do it. But he's just a he's just a good old strong Michigan wrestler, and uh, and and always will be. And I and I, I wouldn't be surprised. He's well into his 50s, and uh, the guy's probably uh, probably able to drive uh, further at night after being up for a whole day straight than than most people half his age. So I like oh, that yeah. story. That's and he is the road, but you know what the funny thing is, too? You mentioned Michigan Farm Boy. He's also very smart with his money. We, yes. we, finished, up a, we finished up a clinic way out in uh, some country town, I think in Greenwood, South Carolina, and we were driving back to my house, and I was going to stop in the um, – he wanted to stop and just get some, some small things, toiletries and stuff. So I said, I will, we'll go to the Walmart. And he goes, I don't waste my money at the Walmart. I said, is there a dollar store around here? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yep, he's practical. And you, you got to be. And you got to be, man. <laughs> I love that. That's Dan, man. He's amazing. He really, I remember some of those early interviews in the early UFCs where Jeff Blatnick would talk to him. And I know they had wrestled together, I think, years earlier. You remember College, the great yeah. Jeff Blatnick? Yeah. Oh, and, God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know that's, I, that's, a, um, that's a great um, that's a great group. Because you had like you had Jeff Blanick, um, you had Bruce Baumgartner, you had Dan yep. Severn, um, you had um, Steve Williams, Doctor Death, all in that heavyweight right. class in, in yep. NCAA wrestling in those years, and that was like the most competitive field, man. Absolutely, a bunch of killers. And I remember Jeff saying something to Dan, like uh, like Dan Severn, you know they uh, they said that you uh, before uh, officially this UFC started, you have fought in a dirt floor in Turkey. How does this experience here uh, compare with that one? And then Dan goes, Jeff, this experience was very similar to when I went over to Turkey. And <laughs> I just he told it like it was. You know what I mean? He was like a no nonsense guy. And, uh, you know, what did he say on my show? He said, I think the beast stands for something else now. Instead of the beast of, you know, being a beast in fighting, it, I don't remember the acronym, but it's a lot of really good things about being the best you can be and, you know, maybe like uh, eating right and uh, answering uh, to your responsibilities and standing up for things that are, that are good and, you know, and taking care of people. I think that's that's not what it was, but it was like a similar acronym where he's he's got the beast into really, you know, being who he is and what he's about. Uh, and, and it was really on point stuff. And, uh, you know, no, really just a, a great, yeah, great, 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 great guy. Excellent. And before I forget, I have to mention um, Dan's yeah. involved with a new company now called Freedom Water. And, oh, yeah, I've heard uh, about that. What's that about? 
Well, I'm, um, Dan reached out to me about a month ago and asked me if I would help him with this project in getting uh, distribution for it with this gentleman, uh, Robert, I can't recall his last name, that, that owns this. Uh, it's out of the D.C. area, West Virginia side. And mm-hmm. um, it's a water that comes from a, a spring that um, is a natural spring that goes back to, like, George Washington. And mm-hmm. um, so percentage of the proceeds go to, to military charities. And it's a, it's a water that um, we're looking at having as a sponsor um, for the 864 Fighting Championships, December 16th, the show that I'm broadcasting on in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, Robert's already talked to the promoter, and um, we may have them as a sponsor, too. For my, I've got that new TV show coming for Fox Carolina for 864, and they're really investing in this 864 brand. We're we'll trying to make it awesome. Um, yeah, George Shearer, man, you got to have some of these folks on your show because they've got some great fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, I'd like to do that. If if you wanna if you wanna help uh, connect me with those guys, absolutely. I like yes, what I'm hearing about this stuff. What's the water called again? Freedom. It's water? called no. Freedom Water. Yep, Freedom nice. Water. And I like uh, at it. And Dan Severn will be part of that as well as yourself, possibly. Or yeah, yeah, I've been I've been on a number of calls with Robert uh, as far as helping them get distribution. We may distribute it here. We we don't do non-alcoholic products, but we're probably going to pick it up because of the 864 Fighting Championship Connection, and also um, they are going to be available on the bases, and some of the bases where we don't currently sell our other product. So we're in the process of working that out right now. I'd like to take a shot at Freedom Water myself, man. That sounds sounds like some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, It really does. It's a good product. And I I have talked to – I'm sorry. I I was going to say I had talked to Robert about sponsoring the court as well, Brian. Sweet, very that sweet. That sounds good, man. With yourself and Dan Severn involved, yeah, that's uh, that's some good stuff, and then you know, good quality water. Because I don't think there's any water so far out there that anyone uh, that's known is representing. So I think this this could be a first. And I'm surprised about that. I'm surprised that no celebrity has endorsed a water product. But I think that uh, that hey, if it was going to be you and Dan Severn first, man, I like that. I think uh, because obviously a lot of athletes and combat athletes and people that are training, wrestlers, jiu-jitsu, uh, you know, all grapplers and stuff are having to drink a, a truckload of water and having a name with uh, with Dan Severn and Matthew uh, Granahan, you know, and, and backing it, I think, should be a, a successful venture. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, it should be awesome. We can have uh, we had him on your show as well, um, Robert, if you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alexa Connors, um, she's fantastic. We're, she's going to come on for a segment as well. We moved her segment to next week. She had a, a change in her training schedule this week. But yep. She's going to be fighting on that card uh, on the 20th uh, as, or on the 16th of December, rather, as well. And uh, Sarah McMahon, uh, Olympian and uh, UFC fighter, silver medalist, She's a, a Revolution MMA veteran as well. She's actually moved out to California now, but she trained there awesome. as well. Uh, Justin I like Sarah. trains there. Yeah, so yes, nice. yes, so there's a number of folks that um, train out of the Revolution gym. And this new show on Fox Carolina would love to get you on as well. I'm not going to have a lot of, as far as necessarily creative control of who the guests right. are. I'm just going to be hosting sure. it, but I'm certain. I appreciate it. Yeah, let me know. And uh, hey, not to not to flip the the roles here on you, but what are your thoughts? Any quick thoughts? Because I don't know how much more time you have. I got a little bit of time myself, but I'm, I'd like to hear any quick thoughts on 
the UFC event for the first time ever where all three out of three titles changed hands. Any any thoughts off the top of your head that that, that on any of those fights or all of them or what you what happened compared to what you were thinking or how you felt about the results? I loved it. First of all, I love that yep. card. And then speaking of Revolution MMA and H X Four Fighting Championships, I want to thank George Shearer, who I'm working for for that promotion, for having me at their party on Saturday night to watch the fights. And man, I'm going to tell you, uh, let's start with uh, the big one. Let's start with yeah. the main event. And um, GSP, he looked phenomenal. I mean, when I looked yep. at it, like per round. He won the first round. Yep. Uh, he got a takedown in the second round. He may have lost in the striking in the second round, but yeah, with that takedown, he, that could have been a wash, and he may have won that round as well. And uh, everyone was saying afterwards that he was so tired. You know, it looked like he was gassing. But I think what it was is he knew he had that round one, yep. and, he was, and he was just conserving energy. That, yeah, that was what agree. I saw. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. Saw, I agree. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think Shale Sonnen put out a great video mentioning that. And that's what I think it was as well. It seemed like he was in control the whole time. I think the one thing a lot of people didn't think of prior to that fight happening, as far as looking at the matchup, everyone was talking about one guy's been off four for four years. That same guy is coming up to a higher weight. Blah blah blah. So on, so forth, etc. And in reality, they forgot to look at the fact that even though. Michael Bisbing is good. He is toward the end of his career. Uh, a. Yep. B, even though Michael Bisbing is good, no one ever put him in the category as a uh, pound for pound or the GOAT. And no. GSP was always in that uh, the talks. So you take a guy who is just a super athlete, just a super amazing guy. I mean, as you know, being a wrestler, George St. Pierre, a guy from Canada, didn't wrestle in high school, didn't wrestle in college, and and starts wrestling at what twenty or twenty one. Amazing. And by the amazing. time he's right, by the time he's twenty three, he looks like a, an Olymp, an Olympic gold medalist freestyle wrestler. I mean, who oh, does yeah. that? He was phenomenal. That and that's the thing about GSP, such a great athlete, and he trains yep. with the uh, with the Olympic team there, with the freestyle Olympic team in Canada, right. and his wrestling is wrestling for MMA. I mean, there's, yep. there's a difference between wrestling for a wrestling match and wrestling for MMA, and his wrestling for MMA is phenomenal. I go back to when he fought Matt Hughes and his right. amazing athleticism and his sprawling and his ability yep. to not only avoid Matt Hughes' takedowns, but to put Matt Hughes on his back repeatedly. That was what yeah. sold GSP for me. That was yeah, really what yeah. sold GSP for me, and that was years ago. And you know what yeah. else was surprising to me, Colin? When we were all sitting there and we were watching that match uh, unfold and we were watching the introduction, we were trying to guess George St. Pierre's age. No one was really looking on their phone. And mm -hmm. the thing that really surprised me, and you touched on it, was GSP was actually younger than yep. Bisbing. Yep, 36 just turned, and I think Bisbing's about to turn 39. Yeah, yeah, he's pushing 40. So, yeah, you're right. Yep. I mean, he's yep. definitely towards the end of his career. And yeah. and he fought admirably. He didn't get he didn't get embarrassed, I don't think. Not at all, fight, no. But, he, you know, he just, you know, he was up against a better athlete. And GSB, you know, is amazing. It was great to see him come back, a humble guy. Funny after interview. <laughs> you yeah. Know? 
Okay. You know, right? So that he's got personality. And then, uh, and then the other fights, TJ Dillon, you know, amazingly enough, I was on the fence on the, on going out and officially picking, uh, GSP until, uh, one or two episodes of my show before. And then I did go out and say, I'm taking GSP, but I always had TJ Dillashaw and Rose Nama Yunus. And you, oh, you, you, you had predicted Rose, huh? Yep, I did. I did. Did you I think was it was going to end knockout? Because I was thinking if she won, it would probably be submission. Just like you. I thought if she won, it was probably going to be submission. Uh, and, and I, and I said that I felt she was going to win. I always pictured I did not think it was, it would be with the, but you know what though? Doesn't it sometimes seem like the grapplers will sometimes catch the better striker with a punch and then finish them on the ground? It's starting to oh, almost yeah. become, in fact, like that's how that was the same with Dillashaw. Dillashaw and Rose. A similar, similar thing, where the better grappler, the less uh, prestigious and 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 the less accomplished uh, and uh, and ferocious uh, striker finishes it on the ground. So yeah. yeah, didn't know it would go that way, but that was great. Rose was cool, a good uh, humble speech afterward, and then uh, Dillashaw there, and you know, three titles changing hands. Super exciting night. I will say this though, I I I, I felt the the. Wonder Boy and Masvidal fight was a little bit of a stinker. Am I alone on that, or are we with me on that? No, I I would agree. Uh, and, and Wonder Boy Thompson's from here. Right. Uh, he actually, and now an interesting thing about him is um, he trains every day with um, our buddy Carl Reed, who's had on the show here. Um, Carl right. actually was in his corner um, there right. um, at that fight. And uh, he trains at Upstate Karate in Greenville. So, of course, me watching it with the 864 crowd, uh, mm-hmm. they were all pushing for uh, for Wonderboy Thompson. And I'll tell you, yeah. one of my one of my best buddies, one of my old training partners, so I want to give a shout-out to Jeremy Joles, um, fought Wonderboy Thompson early in his career. And yeah. um, we used to train with Wonderboy, and, and, and Wonderboy used to be really easy to take down. And right. his wrestling has gotten so much better. And when Jeremy fought him, Jeremy was able to take him down pretty much at will. But Wonderboy won that fight with his with that stance. And Jeremy said it was so frustrating fighting him because he had that yeah. damn karate stance. And Jeremy yeah. couldn't figure it out. And he couldn't hold Wonderboy down and finish him. And he ended up losing that fight. And, of course, there was no shame in losing that fight because he became Wonderboy right. Thompson at that time. Right. Nobody really knew who he was. Exactly, and he's a respectful young man, and 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 a nice guy. He's got his dad in his corner. All that's good. I can't I can't hate on Wonder Boy, uh, but it seems to me a lot of his fights are ending up looking like he's becoming a little bit of the Floyd Mayweather of MMA. Now Floyd Mayweather may be the best boxer who ever lived, and is the best boxer alive today, but. He's a guy who a lot of his fights were very frustrating for the fans to watch. And you know why? And, because he takes yeah. his time and he picks his shots. And yeah. he and, and that karate stance is frustrating sometimes to watch. And he can do it from, he can go from right and left. He can switch it up. Right. And, right. Uh, and, he, and when he lands, it's entertaining to tell. Sometimes when he lands, at one point in time, he landed that kick and got a quick right. knockdown. Um, right. But a lot of the time, he's he's really just almost point fighting, moving in and out, and yes. it's kind of boring to watch. Yeah, it's, and that's a concern because I think that 
that no one is saying that these guys have to go out there and let someone punch them and kick them in the face and chop their legs up and, 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 and hit them in the kidneys and the liver. No one's saying that they have to go and do that because no one else would want to go in there and do that as well, uh, unless you're the late, great Arturo Getty. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, who, did, who didn't mind that? But it does seem like it, not being able to have a lot of engagement um, is, you know, is a problem. And, and, and it's not really his fault. Uh, because the guys are not good enough to be able to go in there and, and engage him and crowd him and, and take him down much and, and do much to him. But I, um, you know, almost wish, like uh, I was watching with a friend of mine who was a really good point karate fighter too, and he also trained Muay Thai for about five years, and he said if Wonder Boy could maybe, like, train some Muay Thai, and, and, and when he got close, instead of backing out after landing one of these great, you know, hard, quick, accurate punches, if he could get a clinch. maybe clinch, get the clinch and start throwing some knees and, and putting some, you know, some punishment on the fighters there, then he may be able to, you know, change up what we're seeing into really an exciting style, yeah. you know, if he could, you know, kind of morph it where he, you know what I mean? But, you know, do you think so, Colin, that as, as long as this works for him and he's getting the wins that he would hesitate to do that? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think as long as this works for him and he's getting the win, he will hesitate to do that and he'll figure, why should I do it? And, you know, I remember Mark Kerr saying years ago, I'm not here to show how tough I am. I'm here to get to W. And, and you know, and I understand that. And, you know, so I have a feeling Wonder Boy and his dad, probably especially because who wants their son to take uh, a lot of punches and have their brain uh, rattled. Oh, I have yeah. a feeling... You know, right? I'm feeling Wonder Boy's dad and Wonder Boy feel like everything is going just fine. Not their Absolutely. Job, and and you know, a couple right. things on that note, you know, you've, yeah. you touched upon it there. When I see some of the, the stoppages, uh, like in Rosa's fight, for me, like, and especially at my age now and, and having, fr- having friends that, that have some visible damage and then sometimes sure. even myself and I remember when I parked my car sometimes I don't think I have brain damage but I think right. that um, I think that sometimes these stoppages are late like say in the Rose fight or even in the, even in the GSP fight because Bisping yeah. lost his his knees were out he clearly went down um, yeah. I know it's exciting to see to, to let Bisping hang in there and and, get, and take those shots until he goes and, and, and chokes him out and I know that yeah. you know it was exciting in the Rose fight, but um, but I, I kind of think that they should stop the fights a little sooner sometimes when I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I respect that, and I and I know you fought, so you're coming from a perspective of having been there and yeah. done it, and you trained and you coached and been in people's corners and done a lot of that. And, I, so, and I've had yeah. guys that I coached take some brutal knockouts too. You know, yeah, so, it's not good. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I agree. And you know what? I think most most fighters would would feel the same. But then the tough thing is, you always have the fighters who are like saying that you know, hey, give me a chance. Yeah, you got to give me a chance. If I, I remember, I think I was talking to Chris Lytle, who's a friend of our show. He's been on uh, the show a couple times now. Really knowledgeable guy. And he, I think he said on occasion he would go to the referee, or and then many guys he knew would go to the referee and say, don't stop the fight on me unless I'm like completely out. Because I can come back and I will come back, uh, you know. So I think a lot of fighters are, are trying to tell the referees, "Give me a chance. I can take a shot. I've proven it. I can yeah. come back." And so, you know, so I think they're they're trying to thread the needle on that. 
But just like Roy Jones, uh, not Roy Jones, just like Roy Nelson was really angry when John McCarthy let him dole out that much punishment to Bigfoot Silva, you know, yeah. about a year ago where he actually shoved with his foot uh, John McCarthy and, you know, got in a lot of big trouble, and that wasn't the right thing to do. But I think he, he didn't even want to keep on punching him. So I think, you know, probably the, the fighter safety even leaning more towards that side is uh, is indeed uh, would be better because a lot of these guys aren't getting paid. Almost none of them are getting paid money that they can retire on. And uh, so even if they were, it still wouldn't be good. But when you're not, it, it seems like to, to have extra punishment doled out is not good. That's one of the things also that I think is unfortunate is that they show the loser briefly after the fight. They go mm-hmm. and interview the winner, and then pretty much the camera is off. And so I think that the fans are not getting to see sometimes some of these guys and girls being taken out on a stretcher. Yep. Or, or or stumbling out of the cage. And so it's, it's kind of homogenized. And I think a lot of people, especially some of our younger viewers, since they're not seeing that, they don't think it's happening. They think no matter how bad these guys knocked, are getting knocked out, they're like, you know, standing up and all of a sudden they're perfect and they've got to skip in their step and they're dancing out of the cage after they just got their, their head, you know, smashed and their yep. brain scrambled. And it's not that way. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it, you have the UFC video game, and I think that to a lot of fans, this is just like a video game. You don't get that these are real people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and the punches hurt more when you're being hit by them than they look like they hurt when you're watching them on television. That's that's right. Absolutely. And anybody who's even just sparred, you know, knows yep. that. Um, and yep. um, and and the other point you made about the um, the style that Wonderboy has, you know, which has worked for him tremendously. Another guy who really never made it to the UFC, and part of the reason might be because his style is considered boring. And from mm-hmm. a from a wrestling and grappling side, is Ben Askren. Yeah, yeah. I'm frequently yelling out. Uh, the uh, praise uh, for Ben Askren. He should be in the UFC. There's absolutely no reason why he wouldn't be. He would absolutely be top 10. He would more than likely be top five. Could possibly be the champion. But yeah, it's just, you know, I think he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to work for, for chump change. And that's what Dana White wanted to pay him. And uh, it's unfortunate. It really is because Ben Askren, without a doubt, uh, can uh, and I think has beaten a few guys in the UFC top ten. No, he beat a bunch of good guys over Bellator. He holds a win over the two-time uh, current Bellator champ uh, uh, Douglas Lima, and uh, beat a lot of really good guys. But yeah, they're just uh, that. It's unfortunate. A friend of mine, also Antonio McKee, who I'm going to be mm-hmm. interviewing later on my show uh, tonight, actually. On Facebook, not to try to plug it, but I think you you support it. So yeah, MMA Power Hour. No, right? we want to. No, we want you to. <laughs> what time? We want you to get your show out, out there. there. We're gonna we're gonna be starting in about forty five minutes, uh, which is six p.m. Pacific time, nine p.m. East Coast time, and we're gonna have uh we're gonna we're actually gonna have a couple of good East Coasters to start out. We're gonna have a great MMA uh, fighter over forty and only started his career a couple years ago. Over forty undefeated Jimmy the Tooth Manning. Uh, nice. from, I think he's from Massachusetts. We're having him back. We're going to have the uh, the Lion Fight Cruiserweight Champion, 
from, I think, uh, Massachusetts as well, or Connecticut, uh, Chip Maraza Pollard. And nice. then the, right in the final interview, we're gonna have, a, we're gonna have, uh, live from Ireland, Dublin, Ireland, in the hotel room in the middle of the night will be AJ and Antonio McKee with awesome. AJ, uh, yep, AJ's gonna be fighting in the main event over in Dublin on Friday. You know, so, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna have a great show. But yeah, Ben Askren absolutely should be in the UFC. And I think he would ragdoll quite a few people. And uh, if you notice, he's there frequently in Tyron Woodley's corner, the champ. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He he needs to be. And I don't know how much of it has to do with his style. A lot of people were blaming him, but I'm telling you, one thing that excuse me, one aspect that Ben Askren brings that uh, that's underused in MMA is is leg riding that we bring yeah. from wrestling. He leg rides extremely well, and um, I've always been a big. Ben Askren fan, and I know you've got your show coming up, so I want to let Brian close this out and ask you a couple questions before we head out. Absolutely, my pleasure. The, you know what? It's been Brian, away when ready. It's it's been such a pleasure um, having you on, and I'll repeat a point that you said earlier. You always know when it's time to jump in and pursue your dream, and I know you can piggyback on this. You when you do. You have to jump all the way in. You can't go halfway with it. Yep. You cannot go part of the way and then peel back because people try to tell you, oh, you need to handle it this way, you need to handle it that way. And that's how I want you to close us out. And I got a little Tom Petty queued up and ready to go. But just, clo- just, just, yep. just clo- close with that note, if you would, sir. You got it. Happy to do that, Brian. So you guys all uh, may know if you see me on my show and even uh, – Matthew as well. We may have a little bit more gray than black in our beard, uh, but that doesn't right. mean that, right? That doesn't mean that that huge things aren't in store for both of us. And Matthew, I know, has already gotten a bunch of huge uh, uh, projects and oh, yeah. success, and it's can you know, and he's continuing with that. I will as well. Anybody, just no matter your age. Or no matter what other people have told you, uh, you need to pursue your dream and you can make it. So many people were doubted. Uh, there are some amazing fighters, even just to look at our, our world, that did amazingly. Uh, uh, there's a fighter um, that uh, that was a top contender um, uh, in uh, the World Series of Fighting. Nick Newell has only like one and a quarter or one and a half arms. And he is an amazing fighter who uh, has the tremendously winning record and I think is on the comeback trail. Only guy that beat him was Justin Gaethje, who is everyone is seeing as a world beater. There was an amazing Muay Thai fighter, Baxter Humpy, who fought with one arm and fought in a brutal sport of Muay Thai and was able to be, become a champion many different times, not just in fighting, but any, any field out there. I remember when I was a teenager, people would say, you can't do this and that. And then I would say, Dad, people are telling me, may my dad rest in peace. I would say, Dad, people are telling me that, well, if one or two people doubt you, then, you know, you don't have to listen to them. But if 10 or 20 people doubt you, well, then maybe you have to. And I said, Dad, I don't like that philosophy. Philosophy, Dad, is a, is, 9,999 people could doubt me, and 9,999 of those people can be wrong. Absolutely. And, and my, right? And my dad said, yeah, you are very right. And he said, son, you do what you want to do, and know that it doesn't matter how many people 
say, I don't think you can do it or you're not going to make it and you're wasting your time. Don't listen to them because you can make it. Go for your dreams. All of us have us have it in us. And, uh, you know, and, and just, you know, let the let the doubters, uh, you know, words slide off your shoulders and, and, and be around people that are supportive and that can see your dream and support you and realize that you're worth it. We're all created equal 100 percent. And, uh, you know, you have a dream, you want to do something, you do deserve it. And you can make it, and you just get ready to, to buckle down, bite down your mouthpiece, and uh, your dreams are coming your way, uh, whether it takes a short while or, or a long while. Uh, you can make it happen, and I just want to let you guys know I believe in you, and uh, go for your dreams, man. Like Brian said, it's worth it, and uh, you can make it, no matter what people say, and no matter who you are or what position you find yourself in or uh, or what you feel about yourself, uh, whether you're high on yourself or low on yourself. You can make it. Go for your dreams. You have make to. Make it happen. You absolutely have to. That's why the King's Court is alive. That's why Arena Sports Net is alive. And King's Court is now available on iTunes. It's also It also will be available on iHeartRadio pretty soon. And it's going to be syndicated by a couple of other networks. And with us talking about chasing awesome. your dream, I think it's perfect that Tom Petty closes us out when he's talking about running down a dream. Run it down, awesome. chase absolutely. it, catch it, and live it. Good night, everybody. Good night.